Hey, y'all, and welcome to What Y'all Reading, a podcast where two friends and librarians gush over writing, talk about characters like we know them in real life, and nerd out over any historical connection we can find. You can expect 30 minutes filled with fun, laughter, and a new YA book review every Wednesday. I'm Madeline. And I'm Alyssa. And this week we read Cinderella is Dead by Kaylin Bayron. Um, So this was a really interesting book mm-hmm. because it's kind of unlike any other retelling. It's not really a retelling, but it's not really a twisted fairy tale. No. So this is set 200 years after Cinderella's story. And I'm mm-hmm. sure we're all very familiar with Cinderella. At least mm-hmm. I hope you are. If not, um, check out that Disney movie, yo. Just kidding. <laughs> <clears throat> Go to the library. Get out that Hans Christian Andersen. Yeah, well, um, it's actually, I think it's a grim tale. Oh, yeah, you know what? That makes sense, because it's a German, and then mm-hmm. Sophia's last name in the book <clears throat> is Grimmins. That's right. I always forget it's a grim tale for some reason, because when I think of grim because, tales, I think of, like, yeah. really dark things. And, you know, I should have known that, because it's in the um, Sisters Grimm series. Oh, 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 yes, that series. Yeah. Okay. So. So this book follows Sophia Grimmins, as we have talked about. And I, I remember geeking out when I read her name. And I texted yeah, yeah. Madeline going, oh, my God, I already saw an Easter egg. And she's like, And I was like, what, what do you mean? <laughs> I was like, her last name is Grimmins, like Grim. I got really excited, guys. Um, So this is a town of Lille. It's probably yeah, a French. Yeah, the town of Lille pronunciation but i can't pronounce it in french because it i mean it made me feel like a french town yeah it's kind of like lille lille i think it's lille yeah yeah um so this is a patriarchal society heavily patriarchal i mean there is no queen it's just a king um men are the heads of households to the point where it describe this um women are like property instead of Mm -hmm. a human being Mm -hmm. Would you say? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's very much like that. I think that um, a good example of this is that in one part of the book, it's mentioned to describe this, that one of the asshole guys basically has a wife, has some kids with her, gets tired of her, mm-hmm. forfeits her to the king, and then goes back to the ball to get a brand new shiny young wife. Yeah, and when you're forfeited to the king in this book, you just kind of disappear. Yeah, no one knows what happens to you. Nobody knows what happens. So it's really freaky. So you can get forfeited or executed. Mm -hmm. So, So. yeah, Madeline mentioned the ball. So, of course, the town upholds Cinderella's tradition. Um, They have, they celebrate her. Every girl that grows up has to be able to recite her fairy tale, essentially, on command. Um, they have a ball every year, and at the ball, the the women dress up very, like, kind of emulating Cinderella, and they go mm-hmm. to the ball in the hopes of finding a husband, because... The, wigs, the carriages, the bustles. The whole nine. The whole nine. Because if you go to three balls, and you don't find a husband, you're forfeited, and you have mm-hmm. to go to the castle, and no one knows what happens to you, you just disappear, Mm-hmm. So it's kind of And crazy. hardly anybody makes it to a third ball. No. 
It's really, it's almost unheard of to make it to a third ball. And it's not like you find a husband. They have to make a claim on you. You have no say. No. So even if you were like, nah, man, I don't like that guy. He's ugly. It doesn't matter. He's made a claim on you and that's it. Mm -hmm. There's men like old enough to be her grandfather. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's gross. So at the beginning of the story, she's, she is, um, Basically, rendezvousing with her friend, Aaron, who is also her girlfriend, which took me a minute to understand. Because at first I was like, oh, it's her girlfriend. And then it was talking about how they were best friends. And then I was like, wait, are they best friends? And then it turns out they were best friends growing up. And then it was like a friends to lovers kind of dealio. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're getting ready for the ball. So their mothers have kind of forbade them from seeing each other because the moms know what's going on with them. Um, and they know that they need to get ready to be claimed and they need to let this go. Yeah. So they're hiding from the soldiers in the woods in this illegal rendezvous because the soldiers, if they found them, they would take them to the king for execution or forfeit. Yeah. So that's kind of scary. That's the first thing that happens in the whole book. Yeah. It, it Like you're in the action. Yeah. So Sophia is late to her dress fitting for the ball by like an hour. She's covered in mud and her mom's like, what the hell? What the hell, girl? Um. So, but Sophia is not about it. She doesn't want this dress she doesn't want to go to the ball she just wants to be with Aaron um and she's also scared because because you don't have a say there are a lot of women that end up with an abusive husband Mm -hmm. um and it's just not pretty at all um so yeah so she's late to her dress fitting she has to go to the dress fitting and at some point there's like little interactions with Luke who is like a next door neighbor or something I remember correctly, so they're like, she has her dress fitting, and then the next day her mom's like, oh, I forgot the ribbons for your hair at the dress Mm -hmm. shop. I need you to go back. Luke is going to drive the cart and take you. Also, Mm -hmm. there's a lot of, like, cart riding, and I don't understand why people don't just walk places. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, but there's also the mom's other excuse for going with Luke, which... As a reader, you're kind of like, she just wants her to be with Luke so she can have a guaranteed claim at the ball. Mm-hmm. But the other thing is that girls have started to go missing, like yeah, even before right. the ball. And so it's really dangerous for girls to be out by themselves because they'll just go missing. Mm-hmm. And so her mom is like, I'm trying to protect you. I'm trying to keep you safe. And you are hellbent on dying pretty much. <laughs> so she goes, um, Luke takes her to the dress ribbon shop and this is kind of i think the purpose of the scene was to just to illustrate how crazy it can be how bad yeah so because like mm -hmm, sophia's parents seem very in love and her dad doesn't seem like a horrible person Mm -mm. um so she goes to the dress shop and she walks in she finds like this young kid cowering underneath a table and she's like where's your mom and then Mm -hmm. she can hear like thuds and, and sounds of aggression screams screams and so she goes upstairs and she somehow distracts the seamstress's husband and the seamstress is like you know you better get out of here before because apparently you can if you make an infraction not your head of household but like another head of household can have you forfeited yeah which i thought was insane because i'm like wait a minute what 
Like that. Yeah. That's just crazy. And it has. To, it's a male. And, and yeah, and it's not even like a female head of house. It's all mm-hmm. male head of houses. Mm-hmm. Oh my god, I hate it so much. <laughs> and there's curfews and stuff, so you can yep. be forfeited if you're seen outside after curfew for the women. Yeah, the men can just it's, do whatever the hell they want, and it's no big deal. It's really insane. So um, they all turn, I think it's when they turn, I don't know, some sort of age, and they go to the ball. <laughs> I think oh, it's I maybe 16. Was it 16? I don't, that wasn't really. It wasn't, I don't think they said an age. No. But at the end, there's like, they said somebody's sisters that were 10 and 13. It's got to be 16. Hadn't then. gone yet. It's got to be 15. 15 or 16. Anyway. They get an invitation to the ball and there's fine print on the invitation that says you are, it is mandatory Mm -hmm. to attend this ball. And if you don't attend, you can consider yourself forfeit Mm -hmm. pretty much. Um, And there are some people that some people really, truly believe in the Cinderella tale and wait for um, the fairy godmother to come and give them a dress and et cetera, because they can't afford it. And her friend, her her one best friend is Aaron and her second best friend is Liv and Liv's parents are fanatical believers. They also can't afford anything. It's Liv's second ball mm-hmm. and they're just banking on the hope that the fairy godmother is going to visit and they don't have a backup plan. No. So poor Liv is just in like the simple white cotton dress. Her hair is unbound. Mm-hmm. Very simple. But also I think, well, side note, very elegant and beautiful amongst all the... Yeah. Whatever. Yeah, because it takes Sophia a day. Like, a her mom wakes day. her up at the crack oh, of dawn, and she's like, Mom, day. the ball's not until tonight. And she's like, your dressers are here. It takes her a day to, like, get her makeup done, get her hair all coiled up, put all of the pieces of the dress on. There's, like, your undergarments, and then there's the underdress or whatever. The and then there's, skirt. like, the the hoop skirt, like which is, like, the cage. And then there's the corset, and then there's the overdress. It's a whole damn thing. So, and then she has, like, yeah. platform glass shoes or some shit. <laughs> Yeah, so I used to do reenacting. This is a fun side note. I swear I will, it connects. So I, you know, you have your your undergarments and then you have your hoop skirt. So you have an underskirt, your hoop skirt, Mm -hmm. because you can't be improper. Nothing can show or touch or whatever. Then over your hoop skirt, you have another layer of like an underskirt, then your skirt. And of course, your corset has to go on underneath all of this. And there's other multiple layers of fabric. And God forbid you forget yeah. to put your fucking shoes on before your hoop skirt or your corset. Because that's painful to bend down and put your shoes and on. And don't they have a bustle too? Some sort of... Sometimes it depends. So like there's... you have your... There's something in this book. It's not a bustle. But she says some word and she's like, I don't even know what this is or whatever. That's, that's what I interpreted as the hoop skirt. I don't know what the term okay, is. Okay, okay, okay. It looks like a French term to me, which I couldn't pronounce in my head. In my okay. head it was just like... Fur, fur, fur. Um... <laughs> So, um, I ha- having worn something similar, it mm, that's a lot. That's a lot you got yeah. on. It is yeah. just like I wore a so, gala ball silk, yeah. whatever taff of the shit. It's a lot. Mm-hmm. So just keep. So this she's in mind. going to. So she's going to the ball, and her mom and Aaron's mom have gone in together and rented them this carriage basically so they can have a last moment together. Crazy. And through the whole, the whole setup to this novel, 
um, Sophia is trying to convince Aaron to run away with her. Mm-hmm. She's like, Aaron, come on, let's run away. But Aaron is not about that life. Aaron's like, look, I don't want to disown, I don't want my parents to disown me. I'm just going to follow the rules. Mm-hmm. Like, you, basically, you have to get, like, I love you, but get over it. Mm-hmm. I have to be with the man. Um, and so they even have this moment in the carriage on the way to the ball. Mm-hmm. So they get to the ball, and it's all ball schmall stuff. Um, and there's, there's an incident with Liv and then there's an incident with Luke and basically she tries to get away. And this is why Alyssa described the hoop skirt because it describes her basically shedding off her hoop skirt and over layer or under layers yeah, or so something. She, she reaches climbing out the window. Listen, as someone who has like, as someone who's worn this stuff, I had such a difficult time picturing that in my head because I know the multitude of layers that go into a garment like this. And it's just like mind boggling that she had <laughs> enough, like, so you have to like gather all your skirts and oh. all of those layers of your skirts and then find yeah. your string to your hoop skirt and undo it mm-hmm. and hope to God there's mm-hmm. not like a double knot in there that you forgot you knotted mm-hmm. and then drop it. And then, so you have to remember the hoop skirt pushes out all of the skirts so they're not touching you. So now you have like all these multitude of fabrics just like pressing in. I had a very hard time picturing that. Yeah. So she climbs out the window. She actually does get away into the woods. She doesn't know where the fuck she's running. Mm -hmm. And she ends up actually in Cinderella's mausoleum, which nobody's been allowed in. In ages. Like, people used to go there and, like, leave their their hopes and dreams and whatever, but it's not been allowed in forever. Mm -hmm. So she hides in the mausoleum from the soldiers that are after her. And this is where she meets Constance. And Constance is a descendant of one of Cinderella's stepsisters, Gabrielle. Mm -hmm. Um, Has fiery red hair and freckles. um, Is light-skinned. So Alyssa and I had this whole conversation because... I thought she was a white girl with red hair, maybe because I'm a white girl with red hair. And that's just like where my mind goes. Um, And also because she has freckles and you don't often think of um, black people um, having freckles or red hair, but you can be light skinned and have freckles and red hair. Yeah. And so I just didn't picture it like that. I had a really hard time picturing her being mixed. Anyhow, that from there, they like go on an adventure to basically take down the kingdom. Um, so there's a whole lot of stuff that happens that we didn't just tell you about because you're going to want to like actually read it because yeah, we don't like, want to spoil a lot because that would spoil a lot if we told you like exactly what happened at the ball and et cetera. Yeah, because there's a I lot that, like. that goes on in this novel um, and very like it's not a giant book, but it's also not a small book. It's like a schmedium. And I don't medium. Want- <laughs> I don't want to give away too yeah. much because like I feel yeah. I'm, like I'm worried that if I say something, it's a spoiler and I'm like, oh, no. Um, yeah. But it was a good book. Um, I, it was okay. <laughs> it was it was a good concept. The concept for this book is, I mean, fucking brilliant. Let's be honest. Yes. Let's talk about that first. Queer story. It's a queer black story. I love that. Love the fact that she didn't just retell a Cinderella story. She was like, no, no. Here's all the toxic parts of this story. And this is what happens if you emulate yeah. this story. This is what happens to the women, which yeah. is fucking brilliant. I would it's have brilliant. never, ever thought of that before. Nope. Like, I was like, damn, that makes me wonder. Like, what, how, what, like, 
What about yeah. like Little Red Riding Hood and all of these other stories? Now yeah. I'm just like, my mind is just going a mile a minute. Yeah. So she just took like the scary parts of it and retold it from the scary parts. Mm-hmm. So she's not only written a queer black tell, she's reclaimed the story. Yeah. Um, and told, it almost feels like the real story because the right. way that it's woven in here, it's like, oh shit, I've been told a lie my whole life. Mm-hmm. Um, but I will say, let me just insert here that black Cinderella stories are the bomb.com because you know, Brandy Cinderella is the best Listen. movie Cinderella. <laughs> Let like, me just take a moment because I remember watching that as a child and I was oh just my like, God. Whoopi Goldberg thing. is like the right? queen and Whitney oh Houston is the fairy God, godmother. It's so good. And like the prince. The prince is like this hot Filipino oh. guy. It's the most multicultural Cinderella you'll ever see, so, but it is so fantastic. Bernadette Peters is the stepmother. Yeah. I mean, you guys, you have to watch it. If you haven't seen it, please, please, please watch right. it. It's so good. Because I was going to say, um, they have that. And I want to say I watched it on Disney. I want to say I did, but I this was also years ago. And I remember they came out with the live action Cinderella. And I remember being very confused. I was like, do we have one of these? Brandy's right over here. Why are we not yeah. like? Why do we need another? Yeah, <laughs> and it wasn't even that good to me. I didn't watch it because I was like, "You can't top Brandy Cinderella." Sorry, I remember watching it, going, "Oh, okay." Yeah, and it was some pasty white girl again. So I was like, "No, thanks." <laughs> You could have at least done a plus size Cinderella, like make it a little bit Yo, different. Yo, I'm a plus size girl. Can we not get a plus size Cinderella? Like, let hello? me tell you a little story about plus size Cinderella. Mm-hmm. So I do a lot of musical theater, and in 2008, I music directed a version of Rodgers and Hammerstein's Cinderella in this little town in Indiana called Portland, and we were casting it. And the girl that we that was the best for Cinderella was going to be, like, out of town for four out of the eight weeks we were rehearsing or something stupid. And we were like, that's not fair. Mm-mm. She can't miss four weeks. Mm-mm. And so then the guy we were going to cast as the prince was an alcoholic. And I was like, we can't cast either of these people. So we cast this younger guy that had really good chemistry when he was reading with the girl that choreographed. She was helping people read. Mm-hmm. And so we were like, we're definitely going to put him. That was, like, great chemistry. And then we ended up casting... Um, the director's <clears throat> little sister, which sounds really bad, but honestly, she had the best voice and she was like very, it's like kind of a very meek and soft voice. And she had like the demeanor, um, but she was a plus, a, a plus size girl and it made my heart so, so happy. But let me tell you, it was a fight um, to convince that guy that was reading for Prince because they were like high schoolers and, you know, like petty, petty oh, yeah. shit. But let me tell you, she was the best fucking Cinderella. Like, she had it down. She had it down. This is, yeah, this is what I have a problem with. Like, I love Disney. I grew up on Disney. But every single Disney character that's a female looks like this. And that is not real. Even even the multicultural ones. Like, Mm. you couldn't make Mulan more muscular? Mm. Or, like, Tiana's a chef, y'all. (laughs) like i don't know there's just there's just some things i I can believe that rapunzel was skinny because she was locked in a fucking tower Mm -hmm. but like bell is surrounded by all that food 
she has a kitchen. Like, uh, I, I don't know. <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm just, <laughs> I'm just saying. saying. Just saying, um, guys. All she does is sit inside and read books uh, with a kitchen that is at her fingertips. What do you think? What size do you think she'd be? She'd be about my size. Not the size she's depicted as. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That's not how calories work. Mm -mm. (laughs) Sorry. That was a huge tangent. (laughs) (laughs) But what I'm going to say, so we mentioned the the Cinderella movie with Brandy. Mm -hmm. But there's been a wide variety of multicultural retellings or tellings of Cinderella. And we're going to link to those, you guys, because we are librarians. Yes. And we have a whole list from the ALA for you to look at yes like there's so many like there were some i didn't even realize we had Mm -hmm. so my favorite is called the gift of the crocodile by judy sierra and it's an indonesian retelling from the spice islands and the fairy godmother is a crocodile and it's just so fabulous i really really love it the illustrations are beautiful so look that one up um what's your favorite Alyssa? mine is the rough-faced girl Mm -hmm. it's a native american retelling it's by Rafi Martin, illustrated by David Shannon. Um, love this story. My mom has a copy because my mom's a kindergarten teacher, you guys. So clearly I grew up with a lot of books. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and I just remember I would sneak into her like office area and pull that book off and just read it all the time because it's just oh, it's so good. It's an um, Algonquin tradition. And um, yeah, she has to find the invisible being. She wants to marry him and Oh, you guys. The illustrations in that book, too, are Fucking so gorgeous. fantastic. I mean. It's great. Yeah. Let's go to your library. Find those books yeah. because it's worth it. Um, so, yes, there's so many retellings. You can We could talk forever about the different versions and retellings. Um, Alyssa was doing some research, and she thinks that the first Cinderella might be Greek. Yes. The first mm-hmm. ever Cinderella um, telling. But yeah. that's unconfirmed well it's it's in a vox article which we will link um but it's a version of a cinderella story so it's a greek courtesan whose shoe gets taken away by an eagle and then the shoe gets dropped into the lap of an egyptian king and the king is like oh this is a sign from the heavens i must find the shoe or the woman's whose foot goes in the shoe and so he like travels the world finds her and then like makes her a queen and all this other kind of stuff. So mm-hmm. I'm just like, wait, what? Why have I yeah. never heard of this before? Yeah. Like, never. Oh, my God. Super cool. But just so you guys know, there's more than 500 versions of the Cinderella I story. That. I believe that. Like, do you remember all those mm-hmm. movies that came out in, like, the early 2000s? And it was just like, a Cinderella story, another Cinderella story, another Cinderella story. And I'm just like, oh my god, how many of these damn stories do we need? Oh, is it with, are those the ones with Selena Gomez? One of them was Selena Gomez, one of them was mm-hmm. Hilary Duff. Mm-hmm. Hold on, my brain's trying to, there were so many. Mm-hmm. So many. There were so many. I'm not going to lie, the one with Hilary Duff, though, that one's good. <laughs> I kind of like the Selena Gomez one, I but. I didn't see it, because I was like, god, another <laughs> Cinderella story. And I'm just like. Well, because Cinder, like, Selena Gomez is like a songwriter in hers. Yeah, and the dancer, I And think so too, I right? really like it, because there's, it's almost a musical. Yeah. And I like musicals, so. Anyhow, so let's get back to the actual book. Oh my god, I'm so sorry. Um, so we've told you the summary, and we wanted to, and we told you the, we talked about the concept. Mm-hmm. We want to talk a little bit about the writing style, because Alyssa and I had a hard time connecting to the writing style. Yes. And 
it's because this version of storytelling is telling and not showing. So in writing, there's this thing where if you use all of the senses, it's called showing. Mm -hmm. So for instance, she felt a cold drip of water on her face as the dampness sunk into her skin is showing. Whereas telling would have been like, she walked into the cave and some water dripped onto her face from the stalactite on the ceiling. Yeah. So that's the difference between showing and telling. Did you just pull that out of air? Because I loved that. I sure did. Oh, I sure did. Girl. Oh, shit. I was thinking <laughs> going like, I wanted to prepare this. Like, I, I did not prepare that. Oh, shit. Look at you, writer girl. Mm-mm. <laughs> so it's it's a it's an art form that you have to learn, and it's just not some people's style, and it's not Caitlin's style to show, I guess. And so I got lost a couple times because I would stop paying attention because I would I was having a hard time connecting because I wasn't feeling it. I'm an imagination person. Mm-hmm. So, and it's not, did you know there's something? I don't want to knock her writing style because everyone's writing style is very different. Right. And there's nothing right. wrong with that. It's just for me as a reader, I can't connect to it if you're telling me what happened. Right. You kind of have to like mm-hmm. lead me into being like, oh. I want to experience it. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. I will say she does a lot of dialogue and her dialogue is very, yeah. very good. Because um, I just remember thinking mm-hmm. like, oh God, they're still talking. And like, I don't remember yeah. a lot of books where like, I mean. Talking's good, but I just remember thinking, like, I don't know if any of the other recent books I've read has had this much dialogue, and I haven't felt yeah, overwhelmed I, by the dialogue. Yeah. Yep. So. Uh, maybe that goes along with her telling. Mm-hmm. Like, maybe she's a dialogue and telling person instead of, because books that have a, more showing, you are feeling the emotions more, and you don't have to hear what they're saying to understand the scene. Mm-hmm. I don't know. That's just a speculation. No, but that makes um, sense. I mean, and again, everyone yeah. is different with how they write, and that is fine. People love this book. I'm so glad if you love this book. It just probably wasn't the book mm-hmm. for me. Mm-hmm. And that's fine. There's nothing wrong yeah. with that. Yeah. So, you know. It wasn't like, even if I, I wouldn't have DNF'd it. Even if I was reading it not for the podcast, I think I still would have finished yeah. it. So that's good. Yeah. I still would have wanted to find <laughs> out, like, what happened at the end. So I was still yeah, yeah, motivated yeah. to read. I just was like, okay. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. And you'll see, like, I I kind of want her to write a second one. But there were things that she kind of, like, shut down that I was like, but that could have been a good second novel. So maybe well, she'll so just do another. I'm starting to wonder now. So... You have Cinderella is dead, right? So the mm-hmm. Cinderella story. What if, like, Sophia goes off to explore what's beyond? Because, like, so another thing about this book, you guys, I think we forgot to mention, is that they only know their their land. They know nothing mm-hmm. beyond, like, this wooded Marseille? area. Marseille? I think it's called Marseille. Marseille. Because on the audiobook, it sounds like Versailles. Okay. But it's Marseille. Yeah. So you have Marseille, and so that's all that they know. They know nothing mm-hmm. else. So what if, like, Sophia is like, well, I'm going to go out and see what else I can do and see if, I, if there's any other towns that are living after a fairy tale. And so I'm kind of curious to see if she does something with that because I think she could. I think she has potential to take Sophia. Yeah. Even if she is not Sophia, like, if it's a totally different character, but they hear about what happens with Sophia 
and with Constance and all of that and goes, oh, well, hmm, if they can do it, so can we. And then goes off. Yeah. I don't know. There's so much potential. Because, again, For sure. who would have thought to write a fairy tale or write this book as, like, the aftermath of a fairy tale? I want to write fan fiction on this concept. Right, me too. <laughs> can we just write Cinderella as dead fan fiction? Yeah. I would read the shit out of that. <laughs> oh, because there's – so there is one part that's not a spoiler. So the king – the way the king is chosen is that there is supposedly some city outside of town that's, like, off limits where they raise up boys or children to be picked for the selection. So since Prince Charming um, died, there's been two more kings? Three? Three more kings? Two or three. Yeah, I think there's three. I think there's three. And so we're on the... So the he's the one? fourth king yeah. since since Prince Charming died. Um, so that concept is so interesting. Like, I want a story on that concept alone. Mm-hmm. Like, what a great pairing. Um, because, yeah, because the king never gets married and never has kids. Mm-mm. So nope. none of the kids Because after did. Cinderella dies... Right. Charming didn't... He's just like... No. He was just living... He didn't remarry. Yeah. So... All the other kings have honored that. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, so they have this town. And so, yeah, I like, I'm, I want Madeline to write that fan fiction. Yeah. Because <laughs> I think it would be interesting because, like, is there a town? Mm-hmm. Like, where are these kids coming from? Who? Right. Who, how? So many right. questions. <laughs> or maybe, like Alyssa said, where she goes off on ventures, maybe she goes off into a woods that sh- they didn't know and, like, comes across fucking seven dwarves or some <gasps> shit. <laughs> Yo! So, okay. Tie it right into Sleeping Beauty! Yo. And then, Sno- I mean, it. Snow White, Snow White, and then Sleeping Beauty, because they're both in the woods, right? Yeah, and they both fall asleep. Yep. They both fall asleep. It's a lot of sleeping in fairy tales. <laughs> I'm kind of jealous. <laughs> Jesus. Let me just sleep for 100 years and then get woken up by a kiss. All right. Like, all right, I'm good for it. I don't know. Yeah, this is a good book. Um, I think you guys will enjoy it. Mm-hmm. It's, the concept is fucking amazing. I still I can knock it over. Like, brilliant. Yeah. I really want her to write. Um, I want more. I want, I want to know yeah. if she's going to do, like, a whole series of these This books. is her debut novel. Yeah. This is her debut yeah. novel. Mm-hmm. So... We will link, of course, yeah, to all sorts of stuff for you guys to explore. Um, I will try not to include so many Disney references. <laughs> but I can't promise you. <laughs> <laughs> all right, guys. All right. Thanks for listening. For behind-the-scenes looks and show notes, check out our Instagram at Podcast. Have any suggestions for books to read or dad jokes, email us at whichallreadingpodcast at gmail.com. In the meantime, subscribe to the podcast and review us on your favorite podcast app. And don't forget to check out our website. And then, ding, you know, ding, 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 little plug. <laughs> um, otherwise, we will see you guys next week. Bye, guys. Bye. All right, y'all. Are you ready for your dad joke of the week? I'm amazed by mythology. I'll tell you about my favorite tales if you have a minotaur to. <laughs> I hope that you got that because I'm not going to explain it to you. <laughs> All right. See you next week.